Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Kelly Pasek to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Kelly, go ahead and tell our audience a little bit about your background with school libraries. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for inviting me to talk with you today. I'm honored. I am the librarian at Blacksburg Middle School in Blacksburg, Virginia, and I'm the secondary lead librarian for Montgomery County Public Schools. We're located in the um, Appalachian Mountains. We are a rural school district in Southwest Virginia. This is my 10th year as a school librarian, and this is actually my second career. Oh, okay. so in, in addition to being a school librarian, I'm also a biologist. Okay. And um, often, especially my students say, wait, you're a scientist, and then you're a school librarian? And But I think that the careers blend so well together. Um, I love information. I love contributing to our knowledge base, yeah. data collection and analytics. Um, and I also love learning about the contributions of others. And so I became a librarian because I love the idea that knowledge and information are so accessible, if only you know how and where to look. And I love that it's my job to actually teach children how to navigate this vast sea of information that's available to them um, in order to find out what they need. How do they decide what is credible, what is quality information in order to get answers to their questions? Okay. And so um, librarianship has been a part of, um, of my life um, pretty much right from when I started working. My first job in high school was at a page. I was as a page in one of our um, branch libraries, okay. New York, which is where I'm from. And, and then when I was working on my PhD at Virginia Tech, I had a graduate assistantship in the reference department of Newman Library. And so I've got academic library experience as well. And um, and then I also have experience at all levels of school libraries. Um, when I decided that it was time to, um, to leave academia, I took a job as a library assistant in our local high school library. Um, I loved it so much that I decided I wanted to actually go back and get my library degree. Okay. And then when I finished that, I took a rest of your contract at a local elementary school library and after that got hired by uh, the middle school where I have been for the last 10 years. How, what an interesting path, you know, that, that brought you here. How fascinating. It is, um, it is. Thank you. When you were just doing biology, did you teach also, or you were just strictly doing like the research side of everything or? Uh, I did, I did both. So I had um, a, a teaching assistantship when I wasn't in the, in the library. And so I did some teaching that way okay. in addition to my research. And then once I finished my degree at tech, then I took an adjunct position at um, our local vet school and I taught um, undergraduates um, there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Some people, depending on your state, you know, teaching is part of the background or not part of your background. So I was just curious, you know, how if you had any teaching in your background that kind of led you towards that, because some people are surprised how much teaching the library happens in library. I think, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Our pri- I think our primary job is as teachers. I, and in the state of Virginia, where I am, librarians are actually considered to be teachers. I know that in some states, school librarians are a separate category, yes. but Virginia considers us to be teachers, which is actually very beneficial 
to us, I think, in the grand, in the grand scheme of things. Okay. Um, but I did not, um, I did not have a teaching license when I went to get my library degree. Um, okay. And so in Virginia, school librarians need at a minimum an endorsement in okay. pre-K-12 library that's added on to their teaching license. Okay. Um, I wanted some flexibility in my employment options. And so I chose to pursue um, a master's degree and mine is from the University of Tennessee. Okay. And so in addition to the, my master's of science in information sciences, I also had to get a, a teaching license because I had never before taught at the K-12 level. Mm -hmm. um, but that means that with my degree from the University of Tennessee, I'm able to apply for any school librarian job in the country and also any position that requires an accredited degree from the American Library Association. Okay. So okay. currently in Virginia, there are no ALA accredited library programs. We have one university that, that, is, that would like to be um, able to offer an accredited program, but right now there are, there are none. And, and it is rare um, that a state requires an ALA approved degree to be a school librarian. Um, but you may be limiting yourselves in terms of yourself in terms of job opportunities and movability with without one. Yeah. So here in Virginia, we currently need to go out of state to receive an accredited degree, um, but there are excellent online options. Yes, most definitely. Okay, so then you just had to work on transferring uh, your, I guess, license from Tennessee to Virginia? That's correct. So I became a licensed teacher in Tennessee, and okay. then I had to transfer that license to Virginia. Yes. Okay. A lot of steps, but it worked out for you. So you know what? Now that you know when you when you started like that, there are a lot of steps. But yes, it all it all worked out, and it was kind of all one process. So okay. once all that work was done, then I was then I was ready to apply. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Good deal. Very good. All right. So when you're thinking back um, to the beginning, what kind of things do you remember about your first couple of years in the library? It was it was fun to reflect back and and to think of. Um, of what happened in the very beginning. And it's kind of funny because you take a position and, and you're pretty sure that you know what's going to be expected of you and how it's going to go. And then you get there and it's something totally different. <laughs> yeah. So in the first three years, I think, um, I moved to libraries, physically moved to libraries from location to location. Oh um, I think that's something People hope they never do in their, <laughs> in their entire career. Um, we did it. We did it actually twice. Oh. Um, I moved. So we. So we had an unfortunate event. The, um, I was at the high school library at the time, and the roof of the building collapsed. <gasps> um, now, thankfully, it was on a weekend, and oh, there was a little. There was warning enough for everyone who was, you know, practicing sports at the time to to exit the gym but the roof collapsed and certainly the building was condemned. Oh my goodness. So as we were allowed, we went into the building and, and moved what we needed into the middle school building, which we shared. So we had the middle school going on in the morning and the high school going on in the afternoon. Oh, so, no. and, then, and we were bringing over as we could things that we thought that the teachers wanted, books that we knew that the, the students wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and then they ended up moving the middle school, even though it was the middle school building, they moved the middle school population to another location in the county and kept the high school in that middle school building. That's um, crazy. <laughs> when, it was time, when it was time to come back, I was then the middle school librarian. 
Okay. And so it was then my job to move the middle school from the temporary location back into its permanent location. <laughs> um, it, it is, you know what though, we really, we don't have a lot of overhead projectors anymore. We don't have slide projectors. We don't have, okay, yeah. you know, we were able to really purge at each, you know, each move, we were able to leave things behind and surplus things and really kind of pare down what we, what we needed. So okay. there were some benefits, but that's not at the time. Okay. Wow. What, what, it's, what two stories that is. That's, a, that's just amazing. So funny. Okay. So again, when you're thinking back to the beginning, do you have any kind of advice to your younger self? I, I think one of the things that I really remember was, was how, um, was how welcoming the faculty was to me when I started, um, at the, at the middle school, how ready they were, um, for the kind of library that I was that I was going to bring them um, and I really remember them getting on board and I still have to say to this day I the the success of our library um, I really have to credit our faculty because they are such strong library propon proponents and and I know that without them and without their um, belief in our library that it wouldn't be as successful as as mm -hmm. it is so I really think that get, getting the faculty on board and being ready to offer them what it is that they need is is super super important. Yeah. Um, I think that if I was to to advise my younger self, the first thing that I would remind myself is that we are really in a public service field. Mm -hmm. um, even though we are in a school building and we are teachers and we are responsible to our local administration and our central office administration, it really is a public service. I think. That's one of the great things that I can bring from having that experience in a public library is how much of it is dedicated to public service. Um, it's, you have to reflect on what you've done during the course of a day and look at how it helps your students. So you need a very, um, very short-term view and then you need a very broad view and it always needs to center on those, those students. Yeah. So I try to remind myself at the end of the day, even if, the only thing I think I did was teach a million students how to use the copier. How does that fit into what I have as the mission of my library? And, yeah. and it should fit in, right? Because it's something that they need to know. Um, and, and you kind of have to step back and think, what's my role in the school? And how am I providing the service to, to students? So certainly we, we are all excited about the idea of information literacy and presenting this information to students and making them great users of quality information. Um, but sometimes that starts with the, the copy machine. It starts with you know, making those relationships with the students so that they're very receptive to the information that, you, that you're giving them. Yeah, good point. Now, since you mentioned the word mission, let me just ask you, did you inherit a mission statement at your library or is that something that you worked on over time? The um, vision and mission for the library is something that I worked on over time. Okay. Um, I, it was at, at a conference session at the um, American Library Association's um, national conference that um, I started to hear about why it was so important to have a mission and vision statement. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that I think we, we all just need to take time and sit down and actually just write one. And in fact, this past year, um, one of the things that I did as the um, legislative chair of the Virginia Association of School Librarians, along with my um, counterpart on the advocacy committee, was to challenge Virginia librarians to write a school mission and vision statement. Or if you had one, it's probably time to revise those statements. Yes. 
<laughs> definitely, most definitely, especially since so much has changed, um, you know, over this last year and a half or so, you know, so much definitely has changed, but we're definitely looking forward to the things that are to come. So what kind of things are you planning as you're starting to head back to school? I think that um, we've had a lot of time to, to think about what our, what our libraries provide to our, our students and really what our students need from our, our libraries. Um, and so I think that one of the things that we can do is we can really um, look to what our students need and what in our community do we have available to us that is going to, um, that's really going to enable us to provide them with what they need. And, and so one of the, the, um, the, the best things that came out of this um, unfortunate situation with our pandemic is that we started a really unique service um, to provide free choice reading to our, our students. Um, okay. So um, my school system is now the first in the world to use drones to deliver library books to our students. No way! That's so cool! <laughs> we, um, and so we had um, a, a drone delivery service. It's called Wing. It is a, a sister company of Google come okay. into our town and uh, drone or wing is the first drone delivery system to um, have FAA approval to do residential drone delivery. So right to your yard, comes whatever it is that you're buying. Um, my family was chosen to be one of the first three families in the United States to receive a residential drone delivery. Okay. And so we did a lot of work with the folks at wing to prepare for the big inaugural launch. And so as teachers do, while we're thinking of how the inaugural launch is going, I'm thinking, well, how can we use this for our students? And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if we could actually use drones to deliver books right to our students at their homes? Um, and so I proposed it to Wing and they said, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Oh, wow. And so we have it every, so during the pandemic, we launched the program where students could go online, request a book. We would package the book up and Wing would use their drones to deliver right to their students. So completely contact-free delivery, free choice reading. We kept our students reading during the pandemic um, by using drones to deliver their books. Wow. Well, if you have some photos, I would love to insert those in the in the show notes. If there's anything you absolutely, yeah, yes. Yes. to share with the audience. So um, it was exciting. I got to, um, for I didn't. The publicity was much greater than certainly I thought and that wing thought um, and one of the things that came out of it was um, a library journal mover and shakers award and so that was really that was really exciting for yes. me to, to be recognized by the library community for the work that we had yes. that we had done congratulations on that Thank that's so not, I mean a dream for so many people and then and you got it so that's <laughs> Very exciting. Okay. The, um, the drone delivery program is, I, I really love it because it was so successful that it's now a regular offering. So it's just another way that students can request books. So they still have access to that program um, because it, because it really works so well for, for us. Okay. Good deal. So, so Kelly, um, are there, is there any other advice that you wish you would have known when you were starting out? So, so much advice that we that we wish we would have known right when starting yes. out. Um, I would say, really step back and let your teachers help. Um, sometimes we get in the mindset that um, since we are the librarian, we need to do all of the library work. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes that's overwhelming, and sometimes there isn't any library staff to provide the help. So really look to your teachers and. 
Um, are they going to let books go that are accidentally unchecked out? Absolutely. So kind of laugh, laugh with them about that um, and just let it go. Let your students reshelve the books, make the library really a community space. Mm -hmm. I think part of that is letting the community actually help you in that space. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the last piece of advice I think is really to look to, to your non-traditional collaborations. Um, so don't just look at the library. Um, and, and I think librarians don't necessarily do this anymore, but don't just look at the library as a place for your language arts teachers to come yeah. and to bring their classes. Um, see if you can find a way to blend what you love with what you teach. Um, and sometimes that, that's, that involves, um, talking with your colleagues about the things that you love. And so I know that we have a work-life balance and there is definitely a line between, you know, sharing everything. But I think that as you share what you love, your teachers pick up on that. And then you're invited to interesting collaborations that you never would have thought possible. Mm -hmm. I had a, a social studies teacher approach me um, simply because she knew that I loved to bake in my free time. And she wanted to do a baking unit with her students when they talked about the depression and, uh, and they studied the depression era. And she asked me if I could lead a lesson on foods that were typical to that, that era and that time. Interesting, okay. So we ended up taking you know over a hundred seventh grade students and creating an entire meal with them. We borrowed the Family and Consumer Sciences Lab. We did research about what foods would be readily available, how much it would cost. So we talked about um, budgeting. We talked about why certain foods were available, um, things like that. It's a, it was a really excellent lesson. Um, and then that meant that my Spanish teacher saw me <laughs> eating that lesson and she came and she said, well, we talk about foods and culture. And so let's do a baking lesson with Spanish students. And oh. so we, we did, um, it was, it was something that was that was so much fun for me and something that you don't necessarily think of as, as a library lesson or library collaboration, but absolutely 100% it is. Definitely, yeah. I used to have a former librarian that I worked with that one of her favorite groups to, to collaborate with was coaches. Um, oh. And she would go and, and do things at her high school with the coaches and that was getting her in front of a group of students that she typically didn't see you know a lot of yeah and she was you know it, it would be like during football season you know which is big where, where I live um, and she would talk to them about the resource tutoring resources that were available or the things that were online that they could use and and anyway they, they would always bring her back because they needed their kids to play <laughs> they yes, play. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, it was, I was like, well, how creative was that? You know, to think about somebody I never would have thought of, you know, approaching. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. That gives me ideas, right? <laughs> and I think that's, that's something that I love about librarians too, is that I have, I haven't met a group that is more willing to share and pass on information and experience and ideas than, li than librarians are. Yeah. It's a really wonderful yeah. community to be a part of. Most definitely. All right. Okay, so again, um, when we're thinking about this next school year, um, what other kind of things are you are you starting to think about doing? I think we need to. Um, I think we need to remember that um, we had a really hard year last year, and we're we're not really out of out of the um, the pandemic experience yet, and and so I think that we really need to lead with kindness. My school system yeah. talked a lot, a, a really a lot about that. And I think it's time for us to reflect and think, 
Um, people are worried. Teachers and students are worried. Um, we need to kind of, we need to recognize that up front. And then we need to reach out to reestablish all of our connections and our collaborations that we had. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of ideas that we wanted to put into place and we had a lot of plans that just never came to fruition. Um, I think that from being back at school already, I see that our teachers and students are excited to be back yeah. um, and, and ready to start working together again. Um, and so I think that we need to, we need to find ways to make that happen. Definitely. Okay. So are you bringing kids back into your physical library? We are bringing kids back into the library. So okay. I have been um, today, I had my first group of sixth graders come okay. into the library, which it's very interesting because if you think about it, it's possible that the students that are there haven't been, at least in our in our county, haven't been in an actual school building since they were in fourth grade. Oh my goodness. Um, it's, am it's amazing to think of how much they've missed in the physical space. They are so excited to be back. I've checked out more books this past week than I have in months um, during the pandemic last year. Um, it's, it's really been amazing. The students are ready to be back. They're ready to read. I'm so excited to have them back. Congratulations. I know a lot of people are looking forward just to seeing people again, you know, yes. Yes. <laughs> especially little people. <laughs> All right. Okay. So during this pandemic, you know, lots of changes happened. Um, you know, just in our lives, of course, but it also impacted us, you know, professionally. So what have been like your biggest takeaways um, from the pandemic? I think one of the things that that I'm, I'm learning um, or that I'm realizing is that it's so important to work together. Um, often librarians are the only person in that position in their school buildings. And so it is a very isolating position sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think we really need to widen our networks and we need to not be afraid to reach out and to ask questions or to just simply ask for ideas. Um, yeah. It's amazing once you start asking the information that people that people share with you and the ideas that people have that you just really would have never thought about. So it's really important to maintain, to, to build your networks and then to maintain those networks also. Um, I have, um, and I think look to look to your trusted colleagues and don't be afraid to confide in them and don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, we are, in terms of pandemic, we are all doing something brand new for the very first time that we also hope we will never have to do again. Um, and outside of the pandemic, librarians are also very willing to share information and lesson plans and ideas um, and, and just simply just simply chat. It's, it's so much fun to go into someone else's space mm -hmm. and to look at how they have it set up and what they're doing in there um, that you that you that you didn't necessarily ever think of for your space. Yeah. Okay. Good point. All right. Um, so, so Kelly, I know that that um, advocating, you know, is is a big issue for you. Not an issue. That's not a good word. It's a big passion um, for you. So let's talk a little bit about um, what it means to be an advocate. Sure. I think. Um, that librarians need to use their voices to speak up for our profession. Um, we are our own best advocates. Mm -hmm. um, school libraries and librarians often get overlooked. Um, some of that I think is because we're so used to doing our own thing and maybe that's desirable. If you kind of fly under the radar, you can get your, you know, your mission accomplished. But um, 
I think we need our voices now because we're seeing that school libraries are not only overlooked, um, but because they're overlooked, they're also being closed in some situations. And we know as librarians how detrimental that is to student success. Um, I think that we don't necessarily feel the need to promote ourselves um, or maybe are not comfortable promoting ourselves and our profession. It's hard to be the lone voice in your school that's that's doing that. Um, but I think we really need to kind of widen our view and 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 look around and see that all of the librarians together, our, our collective voice is so powerful. Um, and our voice is not just simply a voice. We have decades of research that show that school libraries that are staffed by certified school librarians are essential to student success. And so it's not just in areas where you would come to like a natural conclusion, like in reading comprehension, mm -hmm. it's in every academic area. That's amazing. So access, yeah, access to free choice reading makes students more successful in math. The, the, the data are there that show that to be true. Um, free choice reading allows for positive social emotional learning and growth and and that's that's our libraries that do that that's what we that's what we do so every student deserves access to an open school library staffed by a full-time certified school librarian that's our that's the message that everyone needs to hear Definitely. Um, i think that sometimes we need to look at what we're requiring our librarians to do um, librarians say yes right I, i'm i'm sure that we've all heard it your librarian say yes right sometimes that's detrimental to our health. And then it also can be detrimental to our students. Um, we have so many situations where our libraries are understaffed. So um, I am the only person staffing my library of over 960 students. There yeah. is no second librarian, there's no assistant. Um, yeah. Even though the standards of quality for my state say that there should be a full-time assistant in the library along with me, um, there's not. We have high schools staffed with only one librarian when they should have two full-time librarians plus an assistant. Mm -hmm. We've got elementary librarians that are classified as specialty teachers in order to provide required planning time for classroom teachers. And those elementary librarians are teaching 25 to 26 classes a week, every single week. And they still have to manage the library program and they still have to participate in their school community. Mm -hmm. um, not that we don't want to, but those things, those are three separate jobs. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that we're vocal enough about what we do in addition to fulfilling our, our teaching role, right? We're collaborators, we're program administrators, leaders, information specialists. Um, if you look at academic libraries or public libraries, each of those roles is filled by at least one individual. True. Right? School <laughs> librarians, we're expected to do it all oh, and yeah. still be participating members of the school, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the staffing issue um, is, is um, because of a loophole in the Virginia standards of quality. So as enrollment increases, the number of library staff increases, but our state allows school systems to take that library position and place it anywhere in any position in the school system. Oh. So when we, look at the, when we look at the number of teaching staff or assistance, we have the number that we are required to by the standards of quality, but they're not in the library. Um, okay, wow. And so okay. even though the data show that it's student success is related to access to an open school library staffed by a full-time school librarian, 
we still don't, we still don't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we, we see that in so many states because it's not tied into funding. You know, they'll, they'll have some, you know, recommendations on staffing and such, but it, if there's no funding behind it, you know, then there's, there's no teeth, you know, to. Yeah. Ab- yes, absolutely. Um, we, so we need legislation that, that recognizes our role mm-hmm. and it, and, and that protects us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that provides us with full-time staffing. We need our administrators to hear it, our school boards to hear it. We need parents to demand um, open school libraries with certified school librarians. No child should be without a school library that is um, open and staffed by a full-time certified school librarian every day that they're in school, no matter what the size of their school. Mm-hmm. And the you know a flip side of that is not only do the students deserve that, but so do the educators. Um, because they miss out on so much um, by not having a certified librarian there who can provide all this amazing resources, you know, and stuff to back them up that they don't even know they're missing out on. (laughs) Absolutely. Think Think about that role as when we talk about our role as information specialists, we're not just information specialists for our students. We are for our faculty as well. You are absolutely correct. Yeah. And another good point you brought up about parents having a a big voice. I I see that often is what um, gets attention, you know, from school boards or superintendents more so than necessarily, you know, a single voice of a librarian, you know, or, or a teacher or somebody, but, um, but the parents speaking up is a totally different ball game, you know, when, when that happens, but it is, it is, I agree. Yeah. So we, we need our kids to take that message home too. how, how, yes. how much they value the, the library. Right? Yes. And, and two, then, so if parents are going to see that and of course hear it from their kids, but like when there's open houses and different things, we need to be there too. You know, we need to have our own open house, you know, where, where I'm not sure what they call that where you are, but um, where the, when the parents come to visit the schools and visit the classrooms, you know, that we need to make sure that they visit the library too, you know, that we're not doing hall duty, <laughs> you know, or greeter duty or something, but that we're actually open, you know, as a classroom. So. And I think, I think the idea too is, um, is to take our classroom and to also make it a community space. And so I find that when I can bring in, when I can bring the st- this parts of the school into the library. So things like student art that um, I love to display student art throughout the library. It brings the students in, it lets the, the students bring their friends in, you know, their, their classmates in to show it off. Um, and they do bring their parents in on those open house nights to show them. And then, and every time we get someone in the library, it's always an opportunity for a, for a conversation. Yeah. Good, good point. Okay, so Kelly, for our, the new librarians that are out there, um, what's some of your, some advice that you would give them if they want to start thinking about like baby steps that they could do? Sure, I think for, for new librarians, think about how you can promote your library. It's, it's not something that we, that we necessarily think of being a, um, doing some library marketing, but it's something that really is necessary. So you need to start by inviting folks into your library um, and really start with your administrators. I, I am really surprised by how many, li- how many librarians will say that their administrators don't ever step foot in their library. That's, that's not a good thing. You yeah. want those administrators in your library. You want them comfortable enough to come in and, um, and talk with you. You want them to come and see what you're doing in there. You want them to take part in your library lessons mm-hmm. if, you, if you can do that. Um, 
and then extend the invitation. Can you present at your school board? Um, yes. My county has been presenting for school library month. It's a great time to talk about all of the great things that school libraries and school librarians do. And then invite those folks to come in and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and get your elevator speech ready. You, yes. You've got to be ready. If, you, if you're going to have 30 seconds of someone's time, um, what is the most, what are the most important points that you can get across in those 30 seconds? Um, yeah. And and I really think you have to you have to practice it out loud because every time I think I'm going to be ready, I, I, I always you know I I tend to stumble I think. Um, and then you've got your 30 second speech ready, but make sure that you also know what that research is that supports all of the points that you that you make because you know what it's so easy to to do a follow up email after you have that 30 second conversation and that's when you can link that article that you know that concisely says concisely proves everything that you that you said and then they and then they have it to to reference also yeah good point and i do have a blog post i did a couple of years ago on elevator speeches so i'll share that in the in the show yeah, please and absolutely help somebody out but it's it's great cuz once you get a basic elevator speech, really, you can tweak it, you know, to just have a different opening for now I'm talking to school board <laughs> or now. Yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So good. Yes, that would, I think that would be helpful for folks to, to have some, mm -hmm. uh, a little tutorial. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So Kelly, it's been awesome talking to you. Um, so let's talk, let's kind of wrap up our time together. I mean, you've done great things. You've won amazing awards. Um, what kind of things do you do that have really helped you grow and kind of reach this point in your career? I think one of the, the most important things to do is to stay involved. So um, don't get complacent in your position. Um, don't think that there are not things that you need to improve on. There certainly are. Um, so stay involved. Say yes to what you're able Um and don't worry about not having done it before. Mm -hmm. uh, librarians are amazing collaborators and helpers. Um, and I think that um, if you are able, be willing to speak up. I've worked on I've worked on projects where I've had librarians say, "I'm not comfortable doing the the presentation part um, or approaching a legislator, but I will help to I will help to do the research. I will help to get the talking points down." Um, that that is an excellent contribution um, to, to our whole effort. And um, so I think that um, that if you can say yes, and if you can try something new, um, that's, a, that's a really great way to, um, to stay involved and to keep yourself sharp in the field. I think another thing to do is to, to find mentors. I recently was reading about, about mentorship and I came across something that was really interesting. And that was, don't just look for a mentor who is more experienced than you. Look hmm. for a mentor in someone who is just starting out. Huh, okay. And, and I thought, well, wait, is that what a mentor is? And you know what? I, I think it is. I think that especially as we see more and more veteran teachers retiring, um, those sometimes those those really experienced mentors aren't in our buildings all of the time anymore. And it, and it's very sad. But where do we look for mentorship? So not only someone who has more experience than you, um, but look for a mentor who is newer to the profession. 
Um, and look for someone who challenges you or look for someone whose style and interactions with students you admire, okay. um, who is accomplishing amazing things at your school and kind of living their best life in the classroom. Um, let that person, look to that person for mentorship. And perhaps it's mutual. You are the more experienced mentor. They yeah. are the newer mentor. It can, it's a beneficial relationship for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that twist on it. That's a, that's a yeah. good perspective to take on that. Um, I think it's always, it's, it's never too late to try something new. So in addition to your saying yes, say yes to something that you haven't done before. Um, so recently I was asked to chair the legislative committee for our state school librarians association. And I was really hesitant, but I thought really, I, I, I want to, so why, you know, what's holding me back? So I said, I, I said, yes. And I paired up with an amazing colleague who is on the advocacy committee. Um, I asked questions of people who had more experience than I did. Right. I think that we have accomplished a tremendous amount in terms of providing resources for um, Virginia school librarians over this past year. Um, and I, and I see that the that that position then opens up into something else. I was asked to sit on a working group for the Virginia Department of Education when we were revamping the um, the teaching standards. So um, it's it, saying yes to one thing kind of moves you in different directions um, and really makes you keep makes you keep thinking. Um, we know that librarians are an amazingly welcoming, supportive, and helpful group. We know that we are running tremendous programs for our students. Um, so I encourage new librarians, connect with librarians. Um, it is so easy and it is um, so worthwhile in the end to make those to make those connections. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. So for the librarians um, that are online and they, they want to connect with you, where can they find you? Where will... Or will they be able to connect with you so on social media? The best or, place or just to, virtually. <laughs> sure. The best place to connect with me on social media is through Twitter. That's where I share all things library. Um, I like to keep my social media kind of compartmentalized. Okay. And so Twitter is my the social media platform that I use um, professionally. Professionally, okay. So that's the best place um, for me to connect. Um, we also have some resources that I've shared that we've created for Virginia school librarians that are really helpful in terms of advocating for our profession. Okay. We would love if not only Virginia school librarians found them useful, but librarians, you know, whoever is listening, take a look at the resources and see what, um, what you can use them for and how they can benefit you and your profession and, and your voice. Okay. And we'll go ahead and, and list those in the show notes too. So those of you who are listening um, if you'll visit the blog at laurashineman.com and, and go uh, go to this podcast, then you're going to be able to see a link to all the different resources that Kelly's talked about. So very, very fascinating. You, you've done a lot of work, <laughs> especially this. Were these things from the, this last year, the legislative things? They were from this last year. Yeah. Okay. So my term expires in in um, in November. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I, if the new president chooses, I'd love to stay on. But that's certainly their choice to bring on a to bring on a new board. Um, yeah. But um, the, the things that I have accomplished, um, many of them are with the help of my colleagues. Right. And so remember, remember to look for that librarian network and, um, and to not be afraid to ask questions and, um, to, and to, bring, to bring people in. So re reach out to your colleagues, whoever you need to. Um, librarians are really a great group. You can 
um, kind of, you can contact a librarian out of the blue and make the best connection with them. We really, as a group, welcome all kinds of connections, um, whether you've met someone before or not. Um, I, I hope that the message is that you should feel free to connect with people um, that, that you need to connect with. Yeah. Well, Kelly, it's been a pleasure meeting you today and, and chatting with you and congratulations on your Mover and Shaker Award. That's a huge deal. And Congratulations on having a smooth start to the new school year. That's a big deal. That it's a huge accomplishment. Yes, many people are thinking about right now. But thanks again for your time today. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to following you and to keep learning from you and see the exciting things that you come up with in the future. Thank you so much. I'm honored for the opportunity to talk with you and to reach out to new librarians. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Have a great day. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye.